Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, we ask uh, for extreme uh, wisdom today to understand the things that you're saying, the parables that you have given us to show us the ways of faith. Thank you so much, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. This, we're going to call this The Science of Healing and Quantum Faith, Part 2. And I'm going to start with uh, uh, revelations on the timelines of faith and unbelief. Amen. Well, we've heard a good scientific and biblical explanation of quantum physics in Part 1 with Michael Hare. Uh, I had heard about this timeline thing from the Lord first about there being two timelines and that we would go into one good timeline of faith or go into the other bad timeline of unbelief. We could also be in both in different areas of our lives. And um, these two timelines ran simultaneously side by side. So that was a big question in my mind when the Lord first said this to me, and he's been explaining it to me ever since. The good timeline is blessing and provision from God because of justification by faith in God's promises, whether it's by word or spoken word or dream or vision, let God be true and every man a liar, right? I was shown that to be in this timeline, one had to believe, act, and speak in agreement with the promise. Mark 11, 23, and 24 was shown to me as one of the most uh, significant texts concerning these timelines. Uh, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou taken up and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he saith cometh to pass. Well, notice, it hadn't come to pass, but they're speaking it. In other words, they're not walking and talking by sight, but by faith. Their words are bringing things to pass. Well, notice, but shall believe that what he saith cometh to pass, he shall have it. Speaking in agreement with the promises by faith brings them to pass. Therefore I say unto you, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that you received, in the Greek it's past tense, them and you shall have them. That seems pretty miraculous, but a lot of people cannot get a hold of this, and that's because of these two timelines. Okay, uh, Jesus, you know, didn't call 
them Christians. They were to him believers and disciples. So that's what separates people is believing in these days. Not not as you want, but as the scripture has said, right? So believe you received here is the literal Greek translation, and it has the numeric pattern in it too. Received them is past tense, even in the received text. And uh, this is because it was already accomplished at the cross by Jesus' sacrifice. And quantum physics points this out. The whole creation is set up to answer the sons of God by faith. Okay. Uh, the received text has a footnote that says received. So you're supposed to believe you already have it before you see it. And then you shall have the provision. And this is the key. This is the secret that is in plain sight, in black and white, and very clear. This And some people still won't catch on to it, no matter how many times you try to show them. They won't catch on to it. They think it's crazy. Well, that's because this separates between the believers and the non-believers' timelines, right? This brings the supernatural provisions of God down to earth. Matthew 6 and 10, Thy kingdom come. That's a command. Thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. That is what we are taught to pray. We are to bring down the kingdom of God on the earth. I've told you how that the angel Baruch would say something, and I would look around to see if it happened, and it wasn't manifested. And he finally explained to me, we angels don't live in time. We live in eternity. And when we speak it, we know it is as, is as good as done. And you all are supposed to be doing the same thing, unquote. <laughs> so, in other words, we are to have God's faith as Abraham did. Romans 4 and 17, As it is written, A father of many nations have I made thee, before him whom he believed, even God, who giveth life to the dead. That's an important text we will soon run into again here. And calleth the things that are not as though they were. So faith is the substance of what we need. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the assurance or substance of the things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. So we have to give God the substance of faith and be convinced that we have something before we see it. And this is walking in the Spirit and in the kingdom of God, just as Jesus did. So this is so contrary to human nature that you just can't get many to believe it. So only those with the gift of faith from God through grace can access the provisions of God this way. This is where the bad timeline comes into play. This is the timeline of unbelief, and its effect can be seen in those who lack all the benefits of the kingdom of God, like holiness, healing, deliverance, provisions, 
of all kinds, etc. So 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15 says, Now the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. He cannot know them, because they are spiritually judged. But he that is spiritual judges all things, and he himself is judged of no man. So there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians and they have accepted Jesus as their personal Savior, but they don't go on to believe the rest of the Bible and be born again in their soul. Okay? And they're not bearing fruit where God wants them to bear fruit in their mind, will, and in their emotions, which is their soul. And we also know that in James chapter 1, 6 through 8, it says, But let him ask in faith nothing doubting. For he that doubteth is like the surge of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. For let, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord, a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So this double-mindedness and this unbelief gets you nothing. Well, what he's calling double-minded is the norm for most Christians. But if you take the parable of the sower, those people who, four different groups of people, I believe that's what it's talking about, uh, received the word, but only one bore fruit. So you can see that, that there are people that might be Christians, but they're not believers. <laughs> well, um, what he's calling double-minded, again, is the norm for most Christians. And I'm using the word Christian uh, loosely. As we can see that this is why they they can't get the provisions from God. And those who have been talking to our missionaries in the Mideast, myself, Kathleen, Michael, Brandy, can bear witness that we have spoken to both the believing and the unbelieving timelines at the same time. I've drilled them on Mark 11, 23, and 24 many times. The believing are blessed, and the unbelieving are not. Those two timelines are separated by that belief. So I asked the leader of our UBM angels, Baruch, if he could drag some of the bad timeline people into the good timeline. He has done this, and some stay because they understand and they see faith in others and they understand and they grasp hold of it. Uh, And they have wonderful provision. And, of course, some go back every time because of unbelief. They don't have that gift of faith. They go back every time. So when they move timelines, they don't remember their last timeline or the circumstances. This is the strange thing about all this. I mean, it's like the devil comes and steals the seed that's sown in their heart. Hmm. They believe that they're the only timeline. That's what the people on the wrong timeline do. They believe they are the only timeline. But there are people that are overcoming and receiving all the benefits. After a time of persecution from the Catholic and Jehovah Witnesses in which missionaries have been killed, 
and the rest were in hiding. They entered into the good timeline through verses like Mark eleven twenty three and 24. In the good believer's timeline, they have been provided money, food, housing, families restored, restoration of their ministry. Um, the JWs have uh, left the country because the angels took down their leadership and uh, the Catholics uh, are at peace with them. All of this has happened uh, since the, they were hiding out and in deprivation and in need, and we kept drilling them with Mark eleven twenty three and 24, so they didn't have to stay that way, and they didn't. But the ones on the other timeline of unbelief, they did stay that way and got worse and worse and worse. In the bad unbelievers' timeline, they are still at war, with both entities, and they are losing. They have no money, food, housing, uh, families restored, uh, restoration of their ministry. They are making peace with unbelieving enemies and turning missionaries over to them to stay alive. And Father would not let us help them because we taught them over and over the ways of faith, and they didn't believe. Remember that Jesus could not do many mighty works because of their unbelief, because that's the condition God laid down for him and for us. James 1 and 6 and 7, But let him ask in faith, nothing doubting, for he that doubteth is like the surge of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Well, Romans 8, 6 through 8. For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. And they that are in the flesh cannot please God, and they cannot have His benefits. So some of those in the unbelieving timeline came out and went to the good timeline because they saw the futility of it all without faith. They saw they were losing everything, and they did. That timeline lost everything. So the ambition on the unbelieving timeline was to stay alive physically, whereas in the faith timeline, quote, they love not their life unto death, unquote. And that's a text that we received that morning, Revelation 12, by faith at random. They love not their life unto death. So here it is. I mean, you're standing in front of the enemy and you're saying you're not going to give in to the enemy and their desires and their whims. And you're only going to believe God. And if it, you die, you die. But if you die, you have eternity. Whereas those who die unbelievers don't have eternity. There's a promise of eternal life to those who die in the faith rather than unbelief. You know, we must lose our life to gain our life, the Bible says. They don't want to lose their life. So, on our side of the ocean... 
we have experienced the same thing. We had a war with the Satanists who also killed some of our people through witchcraft and voodoo. They had uh, enslaved women for their own lusts. They were a perverted bunch. And Father had enough. And he told me that he was going to kill the 14 Satanists on uh, that Monday morning at 7 o'clock at a party their leader planned where the Satanists were to take advantage of their women, captives, under drugs, and, and under witchcraft. So I thought, what? So I went to ask Eve about this, and she said this was exactly what Kevin, their evil leader, had planned for the day and at that exact time and that exact day. I didn't know anything about this until the Lord spoke it to me. So I spoke it. So that Monday came, and they all showed up expecting to do their dirty deed, and all of them fell dead before they could touch the women as God told me he would do. So the 14 women, including Eve, who is a nurse, and she knows dead people when she sees them. So uh, uh, Baruch and Eve's angel, uh, who I spoke to, all witnessed of these deaths. All of these people witnessed of these deaths, and the angels witnessed these deaths. And God said they were dead. Then the bodies disappeared as the angels took and placed them near their homes so that they could be found and dealt with by family. They were from different parts of the country, so it didn't show as a massacre. And they could have died from anything because there was no wounds on them whatsoever, you know. So they figured it was a natural death, I'm sure. But uh, here's where Father began in earnest to teach us about the timelines. First, he showed us what was the truth, okay. Then he tested us with untruths, which we had to deny. So this, this, then came the test of who would believe God or who would walk by sight. Okay. A couple of days after this, eight of the 14 dead came back to life in our sight, in witnesses' sight, including Kevin, uh, on the bad timeline. What was already revealed to me by the Lord is that we were dealing with two timelines. One would show we did not receive because we walked by sight and not faith. The other would show that we had received and held fast to what God had shown to us. So we prayed and we spoke in agreement with the Lord. We all agreed that no, we don't accept that they are alive because God told us they were dead. So they are dead. The Lord took Kevin down right then. Well, listen carefully now. This is important because we held to our faith. Kevin died again. Uh, In other words, our attention went back to the good timeline. We kept our eyes on the truth. Kevin died again, witnessed by Eve. 
So this brought us back to the original good faith timeline where Kevin was dead. Now the angels were watching and reporting to me as things went back to the original timeline and the rest of them died. Okay? Then they reported this to me while in our UBM meeting. And I shared it uh, with the saints in that meeting. Four more Satanists died again because we held on to our faith. These Satanists were murderers. They were rapists. They were just terrible people, you know. So the angels were watching them all. And a little while later, three more died. And they spoke it to me. Again, of course, they died again. So they were all dead, and we were back to the original faith timeline. You say, that sounds crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't that long ago I would have thought the same thing. But no, in fact, it it has all been witnessed, you know. So this was all a teaching by God to show us what is happening in the spirit realm as we walk by faith or not. Let me say that there was a group of these Satanists that died just one time, and they never came back. And there was a group, uh, as we saw, that came back and died twice. And there was one person, Kevin, who came back and died three times, up to this point we're talking about right here. Uh, all of These were painful deaths, just like they dished out on others. So God had a way of causing them to reap what they sowed, even snatching them back into this life and killing them again. Again, we didn't do this. God did this. If you say he's wrong, talk to him about it. What they did to Eve and the sisters and those taken out by their witchcrafts made God angry. And the scriptures say, and Baruch says also, that we should stand firm on the faith timeline that's ordained by God and answered with His blessings. So this death of the 14 Satanists was ordained by God. More tests came to teach us about the timelines. About a week later, Brandy saw Kevin show up at Don's house in his truck with a backpack. So he called to me and let me know that, and I called to Eve, and she said his truck disappeared from in front of his apartment. It's gone. Okay. Uh, You say, Physical things, yes, everything is moved by these timelines. And I'm going to tell you, when you're in one or the other, you don't know what's happening in the other unless you see it, you know. Um, He was planning to use Don to carry on the slander that he had deceptively made through AI as Eve was watching. Uh, She told us the whole thing, how he sent deceptions against me Uh, With an AI video he all made up. It's very, um, very uh, convincing, but it was just a lie. But the angels took out Don's computers and phones so he couldn't carry on this 
evil. So once again, we agreed that God said Kevin was dead, so he, and he is, and sure enough, he died. And his truck appeared again outside his apartment as Eve witnessed. <laughs> We're not making anything up, folks. I'm telling you, God is showing us things here. And on top of this, the Satanists put some brethren into faction and witchcraft by using AI to make slander videos and emails. And this was witnessed by Eve when she was captive there. The factious people who departed from local UBM needed to know the corruption of Kevin and his Satanists because they thought he was a good fellow. <laughs> how? I don't know. Well, because they fell into evil. That's how they believed that. So the angels gave them all a trip to hell to see Kevin and the other Satanists there suffering in the flames. Yes. The factious suffered while there, and the angels spoke to them that this would be the end of their timeline, too, if they did not repent. So, now let's talk about what is the advantage of the righteous here, which is resurrection. As I said, in the unbelieving timeline, they avoid physical death by all means, not realizing that those who die holding fast to the gospel will come back in a resurrection and be much stronger. You say, what? Yes, follow. The timeline of faith is blessed, and the timeline of unbelief is cursed. The timeline of faith will have a resurrection. When Jesus was resurrected as a type of the man-child body of our day, because the things that have been are the things that shall be, history always repeats, it just repeats on a larger scale. What is the body of Christ? Well, it represents the original body of Christ, of course. So, Jesus was our type and our shadow of what is going to happen prophetically in our day in the man-child body. Um, and these people will have a resurrection. This man-child body is going to have a spiritual resurrection. And the bodies of the saints or sanctified ones came out of the tombs when that happened. Matthew 27, 52 and 53. And the tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints that had fallen asleep were raised. Now, they weren't raised to the new body in eternity. This was raised to a physical body. Bodies of the saints had been that had fallen asleep were raised. And coming forth out of the tombs after his resurrection... They entered into the holy city and appeared unto many. Okay, the things that have been are the things that shall be. The crucifixion or death of self of the man-child closely parallels the revealing and the death of the sons of perdition, the Judases. And that's because both Jesus and the Judas died pretty close to the same time. 
Three days later, Jesus, as a type of the man-child, resurrected, along with the out-resurrection from among the dead. Did you catch that? Okay, now let's look at it. Why is it called an out-resurrection? Because they're coming out from among the larger dead, which are not to be raised until the end of the tribulation. Okay, so let me start with the Judas. So when these are all dead, then comes the resurrection and catching up to the throne of the man-child. In other words, when the Judases die, the man-child's dead, and man-child is caught up to the throne, right? So we witness these traitors here and overseas among our missionaries, and they were dying spiritually by their own hand, as Judas did. And of course, when the death of Judas was finished, there was three days, and then the catching up to the throne of the man-child, Jesus, and the man-child in our day, too, you see. I was told days before this that the Judases among the righteous timeline were all dead. So now comes the resurrection. And the Lord had told me before this that it would not be a literal three days, which represented the death, burial, and resurrection, because that's what Jesus, the three days, represented for him. And it represented that for the man-child. It's not a literal three days, okay? And God even spoke to me and said to me, I don't have to make that three days. And that's the reason why it was a type and a shadow. And also, what happened with Jesus when he was resurrected, there came the out-resurrection from among the dead of the saints who have died or been killed by these people. And that's in Philippians 3.11. I'm going to use the numeric English New Testament because it has God's numeric pattern in this text. And this word uh, is different than every other word for resurrection in the Bible. Okay? Um, Philippians 3.11. If somehow I may attain unto the out-resurrection from the dead out resurrection he wanted to come out at this resurrection which is a much much smaller resurrection obviously it's a resurrection from among the dead the rest of the dead don't wake until you know the end of the seven years after the end of the seven years so that's what the numeric pattern says it is a resurrection it comes ahead of the main resurrection, and it is an out-resurrection from among the dead. So, many of these saints died in our day at the hands of the Judases, sons of perdition, who joined hands with the Pharisees, the JWs, and the Catholics, who all considered themselves Christians, but they were not, just like the Pharisees, <laughs> you know, and killed their own brothers. Yeah. So when this resurrection comes, these saints will come filled with the knowledge of who was right or wrong from heaven's perspective and filled with the Spirit of God and power to bring revival. 
So we see that those who die in faith are better than those who live in unbelief and treachery and then die and have nothing. I'll just share a few of my own proofs leading up to this fact which made me believe this is true. And for those of you who don't believe Father changes timelines according to our faith, I've already shared some of my experiences with this. Uh, One, I was traveling across country, and I arrived at my airline departure gate late. Uh, And the walkway was removed, and the plane door closed already, and it was getting ready to back out. And they said it was too late to board, and I would have to go back to the check-in counter and get another flight. I ran to do this praying the whole way, (laughs) because I couldn't really miss that flight. I had to be on time. I was going to speak in another uh, city. And they gave me another ticket, I thought. (laughs) Everything happened so fast, I just grabbed it up and took off running. And as I was looking at it, um, as I was going, so I ran back uh, praying only to find out that it was the same flight I had just left. The The walkway was connected. The people were still boarding. So I boarded. It was the same flight. God changed time. Father reversed the time. I told him, I've got to make this, Father. I have to make this. I have to be in this city over here. I'm going to give the teaching over in uh, this city over here. And I've got to have this. So Father reversed the timeline, and I got on the same plane that I was rejected from. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And another time, I was traveling west across the country in my vehicle and praying, and suddenly I looked at the town that I was driving through, and I said, I'm not supposed to be here. How did I get here? I found that I was a long way further down the road maybe two to three hours down the road. And I didn't fall asleep either, and I wasn't tired, you know. Some people say, oh, you just fell asleep. No, you don't drive for two or three hours while asleep. I can tell you that. So I was amazed that God did that. He just moved my timeline ahead, pushed me right on up there where I needed to be. And another time, I was dealing with a young girl who found out that she was pregnant, uh, and her and the boy were too young and not capable of raising a child, and I knew it. So, as I prayed for an answer uh, for her, it came to me to pray that this had never happened. (laughs) So, let's erase history, right? And she was not pregnant. I thought, what would God do with the baby? Then I knew that God would not do anything that is wrong, so I can 
pray faithfully, you know. So God reversed the time, and she was not pregnant. You ask, God can do that? Uh, Yes, he can. And he's in control of time. He does not dwell in time. He can place you in different places in time. And that's what's happening with these two timelines. You're placing yourself in one or the other by either believing or not believing. Remember, the sundial went back. He said, no, I don't choose to send it forward. Send it back. That's a lot harder. God reversed time. And when he stopped the earth for Joshua so they could win their battle, he stopped time. Okay. So I hope you're catching on to this. It's a tremendous revelation. All of this is a tremendous lesson to believe that we have received anything we pray for, as Jesus said. And also, we are to believe that we have received anything we are told by God or His angels in in words or dreams or visions. If He gives you a promise and a vision or a dream, it's not going to come to pass if you don't believe it. Everything is conditional. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Think not that that man shall receive anything from the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? When God tells you something, stand on it. Now, I want to share with you a tremendous vision. It's a trance vision of opposite timelines. And it was given to Samuel Fire, 1231-22. I had an experience where I think I physically passed out. My wife found me lying on the floor with my eyes open, but not responding. However, I was in what I would call a real-life vision. Well, this describes a trance vision, as it does in the Bible. Uh, this this went on for a few years. In other words, the vision went on for a few years. And when I stopped having the vision, I was confused as to where I was because the vision ex- I experienced felt so real. Well, a timeline or dimension to what things are to come and whether we are to receive or to reject it. What would cause us to reject something, contrary to Scripture, uh, or unbelief? Uh, We believe it because God said it. If He said it, it's true. He has no uh, restrictions concerning time. The vision was like in the time of Jesus' ministry, but in the modern world. There you go, the repetition of history. This is the time of the man-child. There was a giant revival, and an elect group of people were physically in the world, but operating in another dimension spiritually. They were separate from everything in the natural. In other words, they were walking in the spirit and uh, the supernatural. I felt that this was in the future and something that is more than I can understand completely, 
and I have struggled to put what I saw spiritually into words and describe it in such a way that could be understood. I saw that this existence is primarily for God. Well, this is the timeline best described in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, and it involves walking in faith that we have received every provision and speaking it. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Verily I say unto you, whosoever, does that cover you? Yes, if you believe. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou taken up and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he saith cometh to pass, he shall have it. I mean, no, you have to fight the devil when you get a promise from God because he wants to take it away from you through unbelief. Okay, 24. Therefore I say unto you, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for. Does that cover everything? Yeah, everything you pray for. This is a command of what to do every time you pray. All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that you received in the Greek, them, and you shall have them. It's past tense. I felt in such an uh, an aching urgency, we need to have a real living and interactive relationship with God. That is so true. A complete falling in love again with God. We all return to Him humbly and submit ourselves for His will in complete servitude every day and moment. I can tell you that right now, uh, I've got the closest relationship with God. I hear His voice clearer than I've ever heard it in my life. I talk to Him, and He answers back, and is pretty consistent. Uh, NENT said, James uh, 4 and 10, Humble yourselves in the Lord's sight, and He shall exalt you. Revelation 2, 4 and 5. But I have this against thee, that thou didst leave thy first love. Remember, therefore, whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Well, what are the first works? That's the works of Jesus and his apostles. (laughs) Yes. And, of course, when people come to the Lord, they are lit up. You You can show them things in the Bible if they don't get captured by some religious leader. Um, you can show them things in the Bible. They'll believe all of it, you know. But after they get captured in one of these dead religions, you can't get them to believe anything. Or else I come to thee and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. So some of the church will be reprobated when they see others acting as Jesus and they continue with their dead religion. Yeah, kind of happened in the first story, right? Ephesians three sixteen through 19 That he give you according to the riches of his glory to be made mighty through his spirit unto the inward man that the Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, in love rooted and grounded, so that you be strong to apprehend 
with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. So you are to apprehend all that is Christ, which passeth knowledge that you may be filled unto all the fullness of God. Can you believe it? You can speak it and believe it. Romans 12 and 11. In diligence, not slothful, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So he goes on to say, The Lord Jesus has had a personal contact with everyone who would be saved before the last day. He personally has touched us, reaching out to each person in their own unique circumstance. This has happened in the past of of that person's life. The biggest thing in this life is the pursuit of Christ after this personal encounter with the Lord. If anyone knew of God personally and in their own understanding they would choose God, uh, Romans eight thirty three through 35 he shares, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ Jesus that died, yea, rather, was raised from the dead, who is at, the, at God's right, who also intercedeth for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Tribulation, or anguish, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. He went on to say, I also saw that there is a reason for those who fall away. We are refined by these types of people through our country or through our journey. And we are uh, to seek the Lord when bad things happen. To turn to God in reliance uh, in these tough trials. you know, they've gone through trials overseas, and we've gone through the same kind of trials, and it was to to cause a falling away of the sons of perdition. Because they don't stand up under trials. They love their life too much, their old life. So he shares in ENT here, First uh, Peter 1, 6 and 7, Wherein you greatly rejoice... Though now, for a little while, if need be, put to grief in manifold trials, that the proving of your faith, more precious than gold, that perisheth, though it is proved by fire, be found unto praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's talking about, of course, the revelation of Jesus Christ in you, right? What I saw was leading up to approximately a few years ahead of this current time, uh, a different time zone. So this is a timeline that the Lord showed us and involves walking in the Spirit as in Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Walking by faith in everything that God says, not denying His name, not denying His word because of circumstances, right? I saw everywhere how many people were leaving jobs and families for the Lord. 
news on TV and radio broadcasts worldwide were were stating they couldn't believe what was happening that many people had a realization of the truth in God. These many people just right then instantly left at that moment, left their jobs or whatever they were doing, all to follow and live for God. There is a short time before the mark of the beast that the Lord is going to educate his people in the wilderness just like Jesus did. The man child will do it. Matthew 4 and 19. And he saith unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left the nets and followed him. And they straightway left the boat and their father and followed him. And there followed him great multitudes from Galilee and Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Mm-hmm. History is going to repeat on a larger scale. One person was walking along the street and happened to see the news broadcast being played on TVs that were for sale in the window, and reacted and knew Jesus was the thing he was waiting for and turned about and started running. Another person was in a factory and had a radio playing while operating a machine, and when he heard the news, he just reached over and switched his machine off took off his face shield, and walked out to follow Jesus. And one man who never was home before the sunset due to his work hours came home greeting his wife and children with such joy and stating, I quit work so we can all go straight to God. In other words, to follow Jesus in the man-child. Amen. I also saw a TV news anchor reading the story on the live, and uh, immediately after he read it, he took off the microphone and dropped his papers and just ran out of the studio. And that was while he was on live television. There was another man who had a wife and a large family, but they could not all agree with this news, but he was adamant to do this. He knew it was more important to do this duty than to stay. He grabbed a few items and then left without saying goodbye to follow Jesus. Matthew 19 and 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. What then shall we have? And Matthew 19 and 29, he also gives, And every one that hath left houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or fields, for my name's sake shall receive manifold, and shall inherit eternal life. And then N-E-N-T, Ephesians 6, 6 and 7, Not in eye service as men-pleasers, but as bondmen of Christ, doing the will of God from the soul, 
with good will doing service as to the Lord and not unto men. Everyone became more in tune through the spiritual than the physical means. And when people were led to join together for fellowship, they did not know where the meeting was to take place and were completely led by the Spirit. No one communicated anything. They just knew where to go and to meet. Romans 8 and 14 For as many as are led by God's Spirit, these are God's sons. Acts 2 and 1 And when the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, all were together in the one place. Yeah, they got filled with the Spirit too, didn't they? The speaking of holy tongues became so natural, the other languages like English were unnatural and were rarely used. I have experienced speaking in tongues to people who understood exactly what I preached uh, a fairly long sermon them, and they understood exactly what I was saying. I didn't know what I was saying. (laughs) Uh, Acts 2 and 4, And all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Judges 1, 20 and 21, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in God's love, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Again, some of these are N-E-N-T instead of the A-S-V. N-E-N-T is numeric. New Testament is very good. Life was uh, outwardly for Christ. Everything in life was to do for Christ. And all we did was walk and speak the word and performed miracles commonly, just like as in It is written, Colossians 3 and 17. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatsoever you do, work heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Amen. And John 14 and 12. Amen, amen, I say unto you, who believeth unto me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. In Mark sixteen, seventeen, and 18, he gives, And these signs shall accompany them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons, they shall speak with new tongues, They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall in no wise hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, who in religion has a right to tell you what a believer looks like and does? It would be Jesus, and he's telling you what believers do. These signs shall accompany them that believe. If you're not believing that way, change your mind. That's called repentance. N-E-N-T again, John 20 and 30. Many other signs therefore did Jesus before the disciples which are not written in this book. And John 21 and 25. And many other things also uh, are which Jesus did 
the which, if they be written every one, I suppose that not even the world itself would contain the books written. Then I saw as though a nuclear bomb went off, but it did not affect uh, any of the saints. That's the sanctified ones. That's what it means. Nor were even their buildings affected. It was like a parallel dimension separation occurred. It was as though it didn't happen, or nor was it felt by any one of these righteous people. Now, I want to tell you, there's the same thing going with the timeline right now, the one on the right and the one on the left, okay? The people who are on the right, the people who are in the right because they believe God, they will escape. Psalm 91, 9 through 11, For thou, O Lord, art my refuge. Thou hast made the Most High thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy tent. For he will give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And Samuel went on to say, I saw the massive flash and fire sweep through everywhere, but it was as if everyone who followed the Lord were surrounded by a protective bubble. I was told this by the Lord, and, and, and I wrote it in one of our books, that uh, nuclear blast people would live right through them as though it didn't happen to them. And the NENT, First Peter 1 and 5, Who by God's power are guarded through faith unto a salvation ready to be revealed in the last season. I then saw all sorts of bad things happening, but the bad things only affected those who had that percentage of the lack of faith. For example, someone had 20% faith, so 20% was protected, but the other 80% was affected by the bad things. But someone who had 100% faith had nothing affected. This is the two timelines that we have been speaking about here. And uh, one was blessed because the people believed Jesus, especially in Mark eleven twenty three and 24. And the other was uh, lack and the curse because of not believing this. So he went on to say, The trials of the saints were not like a written exam, but the testing of the heart and the soul. And all the challenges took place in their life choices. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things unseen. Yes, we have to believe things unseen before we see them. So walking by sight instead of faith in the promises and our prayers will destroy many as it did in the wilderness for Israel. And as I shared with you already, our experience about the resurrections and uh, the people who are walking uh, by faith and the people who are walking by unbelief, what a curse came over them. James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into manifold temptations, 
knowing that the proving of your faith worketh patience. But let patience, that he's talking about patience in your faith, patiently waiting for it to come to pass, right? But let patience have perfect work. It's perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, lacking in nothing. I saw that Tiana and I had what resembled an Internet call with Andrew and Ben Slojewski for some fellowship, but it was without any technology. <clears throat> I've been doing this. It's true. No technology. We were all communicating and seeing each other supernaturally in the Spirit. Well, that's just as I and Eve have done for some time since the angels showed each of us at different times. And now I talk freely with the angels. I talk freely with people who can hear my voice. Uh, uh, usually all the people on the left, uh, let's, excuse me, all the people on the good timeline can hear my voice. Some people in the wrong timeline complain they don't hear me. Jesus said the same thing. Why is it that you can't hear me? You know? But when some were in the cursed timeline, they just can't hear us. So we were discussing day-to-day events, and these gave confirmations to each other on each of our choices. We all were keeping according to the word for edification. So this call then led us all to go and do for Christ as a source of inspiration and joy of the Lord. Some people don't believe what I'm saying and what I'm doing. I am talking to people without any form of technology, just addressing them in the Spirit, and they hear me. And Eve was doing the same thing and is doing the same thing now. Um, Acts 20 and 32. And now I commend you to the Lord and to the word of his grace, which is able to build up and to give the inheritance among all the sanctified. So then let us follow after things which, uh, things of peace and the things for building up one another. And then he went on to say also, uh, I saw also, I saw all the people were being tested of their faith. There were big questions inwardly, such as, do they look at the Lord? What's their heart actually saying about Jesus? Do they exclaim Him as the Lord and the Messiah? Do they really trust Him completely? Is my love to God sincere? It, you know, and if they hear man and their flesh they do not hear the Lord. Okay? When you hear the Lord, whatever He says, whether He says it in Scripture or whether He says it by dream or vision or revelation or word of knowledge or word of wisdom, do you hear Him? Do you act on what He has told you? Do you forbid yourself to act on what He has not told you? Psalm 18 Uh, 1B to 2. I love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock 
and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I will take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. Well, as we repent, saints, and accept God's new reality, we are leaving the kingdom of this world and we are entering the kingdom of God while still on earth. Heaven starts here for us and expands to its uttermost part. A verse from two Gospels show this when put side by side. I'm going to share these two with you. Watch. Mark 13 and 27. And then shall he send forth the angels, and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost parts of the earth to the uttermost parts of heaven. Now watch. This is the same verse in another gospel. Matthew twenty four thirty one. And he shall send forth his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect, from the four winds, same thing, right? From one end of heaven to the other. So when you put these side by side, from the uttermost parts of earth to the uttermost parts of heaven, and then you look at this next verse, from one end of heaven to the other, you find out that heaven starts here on this earth. When the king of heaven enters you, in the kingdom of heaven is in your spirit man. Luke 17 and 21. Neither shall they say, Lo, here or there, for lo, the kingdom of God is within you. Okay, the kingdom of God. Your spiritual man is in the kingdom of God when you're born again, so you enter heaven here. As the outer man is decaying, the inner man is being renewed. So you're continuing to enter the kingdom of heaven as the old man dies, right? So these are two timelines. One where we act in the flesh because of faith, and uh, the other uh, where we act in the flesh because of unbelief. In other words, what we do with this body we do it because we believe, or what we do in this body, we do it because of unbelief. Okay. Heaven and earth meet at one place. In the NT says, Revelation 21, 1 through 3. Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth are gone. And the sea is no more. And I saw the holy city Jerusalem, new, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. So this, the bride is being born from above. You see? So we are being born from above into a new kingdom. Oh, glory be to God. And that is growing in, in this body. It starts in this body. 
The old worldly kingdom does not exist for the faithful anymore. But we are created as spiritual beings, not limited to earth, for we had no need for the physical support. You understand, once you become a born, totally born again, spirit, soul, and body, you have no physical need for a earth. You can go anywhere and do anything. And I heard a great voice out of the throne saying, Lo, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall tabernacle with them, and they shall be his people's and God himself shall be with them. He went on to say, everything seemed familiar, but at the same time, it didn't make sense. We were transitioning from what was seen and understood in the carnal to living out life in the spiritual. Uh, in ENT, Romans 8, 5 through 8, For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind of the flesh is death. You understand? If you walk after the flesh, you must die, Paul said in Romans 8. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, because the mind of the flesh is enmity unto God, that is the enemy of God. Your flesh is the enemy of God. It must die. It cannot be regenerated. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. And they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you understand? Your spiritual man who you feed and nurture and bring up is the one that's going to heaven. And he will receive a new body. 1 Corinthians fifteen, forty-six through 47 Howbeit, not the spiritual is first, but the natural. Then the spiritual, the first man is of the earth, of dust, and the second man is of heaven. There you go. Everyone had gone through these changes, Yet, a majority of the people freaked out. The saints that have the slightest percentage of Christ go through their level of trials for the percentage that isn't in Christ in order to die. A small percentage of their faith meant a great level of trials, like a newly saved 30-fold Christian would have uh, a greater number of trials to endure. Right? Of course. So in the creation of Christ, in you is the good fruit of the Spirit. Unripe and rotten fruit are completely discarded. What does not conform or abide in him is burnt up through all the various fiery trials. As the Lord increases in us, we need less trials. N-E-N-T. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you're put to grief in manifold trials, that the proving of your faith, more precious than gold, that perisheth, though it is proved by fire, be found unto praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You want to be gold. 
I saw at one time that we wanted to buy something to drink. We were led by God to a shop. It was not the nearest or logical choice, but specifically the shop he wanted us to go to. When we arrived at the store, the Lord directed us to where all the beverages were and what type to select. And as we approached the cashier with our drink, we imparted love as the form of, a, of payment. The store owner was standing there smiling at us and very thankful. It felt as if uh, walking completely in the spirit, but still in the physical realm. First Thessalonians 2.8, he, he brings, Thus, longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were become very dear to us. 2 Corinthians 12 and 15, And I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. If I love you more abundantly, am I loved less? 1 Thessalonians 3 and 12, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all, even as we also do towards you. I then uh, looked back as we were leaving, and I saw another person who was at the cashier attempting to pay for their items with money. They had plenty of money, but no amount would be sufficient. They had no love to give, and they were denied and not able to buy. You say, can God do that? <laughs> yes, He can. And Proverbs 11 and 4, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. So as we were driving, I saw many people stuck in traffic, but we were able to just keep on driving past them as though we were in our own private lane. And I was wondering, why were they all in standstill traffic? We were still in the physical, but as if we were in a whole other dimension. We were on earth, but moving above the natural laws. Well, this is like Jesus when he was walking on the water. Like our experience of sliding on ice down a hill and through a parked car with our truck as though it wasn't even there. I watched it close up. <laughs> Our tracks in the snow and ice proved we went through the car. It is like my experience of time being changed, and I, I met my flight that previously was departing, or the time that I found myself much further down the road suddenly. This was a different timeline of quantum faith. And um, he gives Isaiah forty-three nineteen. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I then saw a great thunderstorm ahead in the distance, but 
not in our current location. And when we got further ahead, we could see it had rained, but we did not get caught in the storm. And I felt these trials were put in place for those who didn't have faith. Well, I have, by the grace of God, moved storms and hurricanes out of my way, speaking faith, which put me in the good timeline while others were not, even telling my children or friends, point your finger at that storm and command it to part, and they would do it, and it would happen. So the intensity of the trial was according to the level of doubt and unbelief because we believed that the storm wouldn't affect us, and it didn't. Anything was possible in this spiritual dimension. If you believed it to occur, it would happen. And if you didn't have faith, then bad things would happen. Well, this is the two timelines we're talking about. Quantum faith brings the good timeline. Only faith in God works nothing in our own strength. If the world was in drought, and if we believed God would still give us rain, it would only rain on our property and nowhere else. God is faithful. We can have faith and believe in the promises of God and act it out. Or we can believe in the negative and live under the curse. Matthew 8 and 13, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And the servant was healed in that hour. Amen. N-E-N-T. 2 Peter 2, 7-9 And delivered righteous lot, sore distressed by the lascivious conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing tormented his righteous soul from day to day with their lawless deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment unto the day of judgment. And Lot was removed from the curse that came on Sodom but his wife put her eyes on it and became cursed. You understand? Get your eyes on the promises, not on the curse of this world. Believe. I saw nine believers attacking some saints as with a form of a trial. The saints responded to them with Jesus and the Word with sincere love from their heart. They did not argue with the attackers, but simply gave a statement of the truth according to the word. Which can be our positive confession of a promise, right? Okay, in the NT, uh, Hebrews ten thirty six. For you have need of patience, that having done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Amen. Another N-E-N-T, uh, 1 Peter 3, 8, 9. Finally, be all like-minded, compassionate, loving as brethren, tender-hearted, humble-minded, not rendering evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but contrarywise, blessing. For hereunto were you called that you should inherit a blessing. 
We then had card. Listen to this now. We then had cardboard figures pop up with a variety of offensive things. I felt they were meant to antagonize us and to cause unholy reactions. But we just pushed them all away while saying that was weird and moved on. They appeared very real, but the Spirit revealed the true nature of them. So seeing and speaking the positive brings it to pass. Acts 24 and 16 says, Herein I also exercise myself to have a conscience void of offense toward God and men always. And Philippians 1 and 10, So that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and void of offense unto the day of Christ. I saw a shimmer as walls in the spiritual realm, like a giant bubble that went all around everything. It was golden and clear, and I could see through to the other world of corruption. Staying in the good timeline is protection from the bad. So while in the bubble looking out, I could see how the excluded people would be trying to get in, but were denied. Sounds kind of like the ark, right? I felt uh, if they were to come in, that it would pop the bubble, as they were not welcome in the bubble. Well, they couldn't come in. The bubble represents abiding in Christ and speaks of the kingdom of God and the holy city. New Jerusalem, where nothing unclean is permitted. Only those who choose to uh, humble themselves and submit to the word in obedience will be able to abide in this place. And those who do not do the will of God will not be permitted in. That's Revelation twenty-one twenty-seven. And there shall in no wise enter into it, that is the holy city, the Jerusalem bride, anything unclean, or he that maketh an abomination and a lie, but only they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. And 22 and and 14 through 15, Blessed are they that wash their robes, that they may have the right to come to the tree of life, and may enter in by the gates into the city. Without are the dogs and the sorcerers, and the fornicators, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone that loveth and maketh a lie. And the Lord said, The slanderer will I destroy. Well, he's destroying them in hell right now. So no one would leave the bubble to go to them as they would be leaving Christ. Only the people in the bubble had a true relationship with Christ. It was a constant death to self and to be alive in God as the inside bubble was a Christ-only exclusive zone. Well, this represents living in a crucified life, laying down our lives contrary to belief in God's Word. Luke 9 and 23 
And he said unto all, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And the NENT, John 10 and 5, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. When I was looking at this corrupted world through the shimmer, it was a totally insane, dark, and chaotic world. People were in complete confusion, fear, and anxiety, rampant with disappointments and arguments continually, and their minds were running around in circles trying to get their own way. Job 22 Job 10.22 The land dark as midnight, the land of the shadow of death without any order, and where the light is as midnight. I then remembered the Lord had entrusted the saints with certain tasks. Though new and inexperienced, all were not too worried about failing. Yeah, uh, Ephesians 2 and 10 came to me, and for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God afore prepared that we should walk in them. So all the saints were all completely comfortable and eager to do them, and naturally completed the task with a delight to serve and do this for God. Well, God gives us the grace to want to serve Him as He works all things after the counsel of His own will and for His good pleasure, as in Ephesians 1.11 and Philippians 2 and 13. Also, uh, Psalm 47 and 8 says, Then said I, Lo, I am come in the roll of the book. It is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. And John 4 and 34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to accomplish his work. Well, Jesus accomplished this in the supernatural, seeing and speaking things into existence. And Romans 7 and 22, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So this is our, our spirit man, that is Christ in you. Amen. I then saw some people who were not part of UBM come and ask some of the UBM members curious questions about God. They were all edified and joined together. They were brethren for eternity who had previously received different understandings of the Lord earlier in their Christian lives, but they saw the light of the Lord and then came fully into the truth. And NENT gives Acts 2 and 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added together daily those being saved. Then everyone was singing and praising God in a bus that was on a completely messed up broken road. It was so damaged that the bus should have crashed or torn up its tires. I saw an overpass bridge 
for a river up ahead, which had completely fallen down. The driver, being led completely by the Spirit, took another route through the river, where there was barely any water. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 43 and 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. All of the saints were on the same word, on the same page, according to the word. We had complete agreement and exhilaration for Christ. No one was freaking out. Well, we know saints, which means sanctified ones, are on the same timeline. You know, Matthew 18 and 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. Yes, amen. How awesome. N-E-N-T, Romans 15, 5 through 7. Now the God of patience and of comfort grant you to be of the same mind one with another according to Christ. Yes, that with one accord you may with one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore receive one another, even as the Christ also received us to God's glory. Each had their own trials, dealing with issues in their own hearts, and trying to get rid of any carnality, and any attachments to things that were not of God. Each person had different percentages of faith. However, anyone could be part of the kingdom regarding that percentage. And although the intensity of the trial was relative to the percentage in their faith in Christ Jesus. Romans 12 and 3. For I say, through the grace that was given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but so to think as to think soberly, according as God has dealt to each a man a measure of faith. And Luke 17 and 6. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou rooted up, and be thou planted in the sea, and it would obey you. The whole earthly realm was transitioning to the spiritual realm to have heaven on earth as one reality, just like we saw of the New Jerusalem. And this means bringing what we have in the kingdom of heaven down to earth, as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Matthew 6 and 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven so on earth. We were not seen by the worldly carnal people, though they could see the parts of us that were not Christ-like. If anyone in the bubble was to see the corrupted world, they would have to go out of their way with great effort to see that old world. 
In other words, they put their eyes on the things that were important to the kingdom. Your eye gate lets it into your mind, right? So we must see what God tells us to see to have His divine power and all provision, as in Second Peter 1, 2 through 4. Grace to you and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now here, seeing that His divine power hath granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's already done it. Through the knowledge of Him that called us by His own glory and virtue, whereby He hath granted unto us His precious and exceeding great promises, that through these you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world by lust. He said, I was with Michael and Julie as though we were all grouped together in the physical. We seemed to be someplace where none of us recognized. There were physical things like cars, but we were not to worry about how to travel, and we were translated like it was a normal thing for vast distances. Yeah, I've shared in a book, which one I don't remember, that the Lord said this was going to be common. And I was translated halfway around the world in a blink of an eye to preach in a church. And my car was translated many miles ahead of where I had been. So translation is something God is going to do. Ezekiel three fourteen and 15 says, So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit. And the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Then I came to them of the captivity at Tel Aviv. That's a pretty good trip. Okay. And those who deliberately made poor and improper decisions were put to the test. Well, this was to re- reveal that their unconquered flesh uh, to see uh, if they would repent so that Jesus can manifest in them, right? Yeah. It looked just like Jesus' day, but in our modern world, and we were on a supernatural level. There were no limits to faith according to the Word, no limit on what God could do through us. Miracles were becoming common, and each grew more extreme in amazement. Some of the saints had questions which exposed the inner self and any darkness such as, Why are you worrying about anything? That aspect was out of the question. Our UBM brethren didn't worry. We just did according to the Word and immediately acting in according to the Lord's commandments. No longer were the physical realm and the flesh holding us back, nor were we at enmity with God. The UBM brethren were submitted to the Holy Spirit having conquered their flesh. So it was no longer a constant battle. It was now so easy to submit to God and do His will. 
There was nothing hindering those that had this complete faith. Everything was simply done in agreement with God. But those who didn't have 100% faith still had to endure trials, even if it was only a 1% doubt. They would have a 1% trial relative to crucify the flesh and submit to Jesus. In the NENT, John 14 and 31, But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me a commandment, Thus I do. Arise, let us go hence. I saw how David and Michael made known the need for a large established area to be purchased. One of the saints exclaimed, Oh, but that would cost a hundred million dollars. Michael responded so calmly, But it's been paid for. The people selling the property already knew and felt in the Spirit with whom to make the transaction. Amen. God will open doors. Everyone in this realm were going through their own personal trials. Those who were not meant to be in the kingdom were not in this heavenly bubble. That's the faith timeline. Those who were in those trials were able to see the others who are not in the kingdom, and they were being tested in their hearts. They had to decide whether to desire Christ and withstand the trial or leave and go the way of the worldly. So these uh, trials are designed by God specifically for each individual to overcome the mind of the flesh. And everyone must decide to give up their lives for Christ and give up their thinking and give up what they believe for the Word of God and the mind of Christ. So many disciples will turn back to go the way of the world because they love their carnal life. Their sin and the world uh, more than the Jesus. In Luke 14 and 27 Whosoever doth not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. In John six sixty six, notice the numbers. Upon this many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. <clears throat> so in this seven year tribulation of trials, a person with only one percent faith in Christ would have to go through the worst trials. They would need to overcome 99% of their flesh. And only if they held on to and grew with that 1% of Christ, they would succeed. Because it would grow, right? Despite everything they were going through, they had a very faint path to follow. And as they continued to abide in the Lord and continually standing on the Word, they would make it. In comparison, the other type, who had 99% faith, would only have mild trials. Yet to each individual, their trials of difficulty seemed as though their world and life was crashing. So many times, Father makes uh, small sins large in our mind and our thoughts, 
as uh, though seen from his eyes. And in other words, in order for you to take it seriously, it must be sin in your eyes, right? So some people want to make everything uh, legal, okay? So this is that refinement process. There were ones who had fake faith. Their foundation was revealed by their flaws in faith. They were not built up properly, receiving the knowledge of the true salvation, and were brought back down to go through a true refined gold process. Well, as I've heard, faith that fizzles out at the finish had a flaw in it from the first. We want the real and the sincere faith that has corresponding works. 1 Timothy 1 and 5 says, But the end of the charge is love out of a pure heart and a good conscience and faith unfeigned or not faked. Right. Many Christians have been taught to believe that their faith is their religion, their traditions, and the doctrines of men. And so salvation is by works to them. And God ordained the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the body of Christ so that they can learn and grow into the salvation by the faith of what Christ accomplished for us completely at the cross. Ephesians 4:11 through 15 says, And he gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints unto the work of ministering, unto the building up of the body of Christ. Till we all attain unto the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a full-grown man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you believe it? That we may be no longer children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men in craftiness, after the wiles of error, but speaking truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. And he went on to say, all the stacked up fake things were then removed. Each piece removed struck deep into their heart. They didn't know where to turn uh, until they went back to Christ and the real true foundation. 1 Corinthians 3 and 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 20 and 21, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom each several building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord. So everything has got to be based on the word. When all these were removed, the only thing they had left was God and the word. N-E-N-T, 1 Corinthians three thirteen through 15 The work of each shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, 
because it is being revealed in fire, and the fire itself shall prove each man's work of what sort it is. If the work of any man abide, which he built thereon, he shall receive reward. But if the work of any shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. So of the fleshly works and knowledge is what gets lost, right? But himself shall be saved, yet so is through fire. Because the old man is burned up, leaving only Christ. That's how it happens. You go through the fire, and you get saved. But you do lose something. You lose flesh. You lose the wood, hay, and the stubble. I saw, I saw how it didn't matter the translation of the word until the saint manifested a complete and true image of Christ. Through a true seeking of the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit, it was then uh, on their journey they applied deeper knowledge and wisdom and concordances and word entomologies and numeric pattern and so forth. So it doesn't matter if you start out with the living Bible. <laughs> Just keep on believing and learning and desiring, and you will grow. Each part was as though another shoot of the root went out and dove deeper into the foundation of Christ. I saw everyone in Christ were friends and not just family, not just being a lovey and kind, but had excitement and enjoyment in all company. They were as one. Well, we're commanded in many scriptures to love one another fervently from the heart and that we are one body in Christ. Colossians three fourteen and 15 says, And above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to the which also you were called in one body to be ye thankful. Ephesians 4 and 15. But speaking truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom all the body fitly framed and knit together through that which is every through that which every joint supplieth according to the working in due measure of each several part, maketh the increase of the body unto the building up of itself in love. And First Thessalonians 3 and 12, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and towards all men, even as we also do towards you. First Peter 1 and 22, seeing that you have purified your souls in your obedience to the truth unto unfeigned love of the brethren, love one another from the heart fervently. So I saw a group of us were sitting around and we became hungry. No one had any food except someone had just uh, one apple. We all prayed over it and each person took a bite of it and were made full, and then passed it on to the next. Everyone took a bite, 
And after everyone had each taken only one bite of the apple, it was made whole and new again. And then the apple was put away as though nothing happened to it and not and no bites were taken out of it. It was perfectly ripe. We were all spiritually led, and we didn't need to see something in the physical first for it to make sense. But if it is in the Word, we felt that it makes sense. And having the mind of Christ and, and walking by faith is our, our method going through these days to come. I then saw someone who existed outside of the bubble who were attacking papier-mâché versions of myself and Tiana and many other brethren. They looked very lifelike, just like us. This is the unbelieving, cursed timeline, and it doesn't affect the believer's timeline as per quantum physics and faith. I saw this from a distance, and I was not concerned about it, and I just kept going on. And when we joined a group of fellow saints, they thought we had been killed because they heard about this attack. And the attack, of course, was from unbelievers who sees this as real, right? The news they heard listen to this, was misleading and suggested that it was the real saints being attacked and killed. Well, this is exactly what is happening to the unbelieving timeline, but we were told by the Lord to not hear their cries, not speak to them, not acknowledge their existence because it gives them power in that timeline. You see, just like we couldn't acknowledge Kevin, who was a dead man. So this was a test for those who saw the event and those who heard the fake news. Would they believe it? And how would they react? When they overcame that aspect of their trial of seeing brethren being harmed, it built up their faith. However, some who saw this happen started freaking out and ran over to save the paper mache lookalikes and then got caught up in the attack and were attacked themselves. Yes, you see, those in the wrong timeline, the timeline of unbelief, are going to be attacked. And some are going to think it's us that's been attacked, but no, it's not. It's the old man. I saw Michael, Julie, Missy, and others uh, picking up their phone to answer it before it had rung, foreknowing a call was about to happen. They had a supernatural knowledge and expectation by faith. Everything had perfect precision and timing as faith through the Spirit was exercised. Confidence in the Spirit was complete, and we moved on. I saw us at this large building which had no power or lights. There was a machine that made electricity. I think we know what that is. 
But it looked like parts were missing and things broken off, and it was covered in rust. David was standing next to it, and I heard him firmly state, I know that this will work. But not in a boasting way, he just pointed at the machine and then leaned a little forward to touch the on switch. I think this is talking about free energy that will be provided. And when he did, it turned on and the machine began shaking and all of the missing parts fell perfectly into their places and all of the rust shook off of it like a wet dog when it shakes off water. The machine looked and sounded brand new. With faith, we expect everything to always work, not by sight and without hesitation. All to glorify our Father in heaven according to faith. Uh, Matthew 9 and 29 Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. The front-wheel drive gears uh, that were shattered in my tractor were restored by a touch and a command and my action to get on it and drive it off. That's what Mark 11, 23, and 24 does. You act on your faith. And if you act on it, it is completed. Faith without works is dead. We didn't worry about where we would stay or sleep. Next, we were all gathered together in a room and persecution came. There were reports of attackers coming, so I and some of the others left and went to another room with different people whom I have never seen before. We ate what they served us and spoke with them, and then afterwards we went back to the other room with these people that we had just met. And then some high-ranking officer official knocked on the door and told us that we all had to leave immediately. So basically, if you just follow the leading of the Lord, you'll miss out on a lot of trouble, right, and tribulation. Okay. So we went to go out of the building and reached into my pocket and pulled out a car key. And I used the key fob, and it unlocked a car that I have never seen before. And we were led by faith which way to go with total assurance and not word at all. He said, this paragraph I have seen before in a dream in 2019. All these series of events led to separation by a shimmer of golden light. I felt those who abide in Christ were always kept safe. Thou wilt keep him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah 26 and 3. And my people shall abide in a peaceable habitation and in safe dwelling places, right? And resting places. And Psalm 91 again, of course. If there was a worry, it was their personal trial to be exercised in order to turn back to God. Worry or fear indicates sin. When we sin, we just confess them. And God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of them as in 1 John 1 and 9. 
So then we confess Jesus, and we are justified again by faith. So we need repentance and faith in the sacrifice of Christ. So those who uh, worry or are fearful are brought back to real belief, back to what they had already learned, the unshakable foundation of Christ. Anything not of faith will be exposed. Yeah, Romans 14 and 23 says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I saw a pair of believers in front of them with the same shimmer of golden light, and they could see the other side. While they were holding hands, one was trembling in their trial of worries, yet the other was saying, There is nothing to worry about. Everything is fine. Yes, we should encourage each other and help those who may be weaker in the faith while they go through their trials and uh, stand up with them, right? Help them to stand. Trembling could cause one to either let go and flee. Yep, fear makes one shrink back and run from the situation and the demons. Matthew 12 and 30. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. They take off running. The person would would have to go through that trial again, and eventually they would be built back up and strengthened in their faith. And we all had uh, training with theory lessons and uh, read about gifted Christians in the past and dived deeper into the Word. But the world I saw was the time of testing in the physical all the day-to-day stuff and how we uh, react from the heart. All were built to be tested or, or to be tested and tried in order to be built up and refined. And Daniel 11.35 says, Some of them that were wise shall fall to refine them and to purify and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for the time appointed. Amen. First John 2, 3 through 4. And hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Who saith that I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in this man. Amen. I saw a married couple carrying their infant child. The infant was completely dependent upon the parents. Though the couple were strong in the faith and not afraid. They had an overflowing faith and love for the child. Well, I have seen, personally, I have seen that God's people who loved him suffering in unbelief timeline and asked for an uh, an angel if he could pull them over into the faith timeline on my faith because they were babies and you do everything for babies They don't have to believe. In fact, they cry out like they don't believe they're ever going to get fed again. (laughs) So he did. The angel did do this, and they were blessed immediately. So if someone was not wholly in Christ, the trial showed how they reacted in a persecution of their faith. They are tested by their percent of lack in Christ, and everything was between each of them. And uh, and no person went through the exact same trial, but one that was particular for them in their trial.
I saw a group of bad people, but not in the same area as us anymore. We were separated, and they were cut off. Well, the time comes when the unbelieving timeline people will no longer cross over and will have no effect on us whatsoever. It was like the opposite view of the TV version of Rapture Scenario, the shimmer bubble held in protection all those who abided in Christ, and all the others were pulled out. Amen. As were the days of Noah, when the ark lifted up above the water, they were all safe during the destruction of the wicked for forty days. Most of the wicked and evil were at the, the furthest edges, completely opposite to us. And darkness is as far away as possible from the light, or it is eliminated. John 1 and 5, And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness apprehended it not. We were separated more and more according to the personal level of faith in Christ. And all those who are, are not to be in the kingdom were pulled out of the reality that we were all living. Because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Cast out the old leaven, we're told, right? This was the transition. I saw the shimmer bubble, or glory of the Lord Jesus, covering us as a corporate body. This was greater than anything the enemy had. Amen. This is true. Thank you so much, Father, for your goodness to us. Thank you for these timeline teachings that you're giving us and help us to be in the right timeline always. And that is the one of faith and believing we have received and speaking it with our mouth. Amen. All right. God bless you, saints. We'll do this again sometime. Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. Oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in darkest night what will be my guiding light the shining rays of red and white Jesus I trust in you sacred heart in you I find mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine oh Jesus I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. Jesus